Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Are you happy to be here? It's a blessing. I want to thank Bishop Ogo one more time for the honor of sharing with you at this conference. And I also want us to acknowledge the presence of his beautiful wife, Lady Pastor Marian. Oh, clap your hands for Lady Pastor Marian. Wonderful woman of God who has been with Bishop Ogo all these years. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, what a blessing. We owe it all to the Lord. And we owe it all to the Father that he has given to us in the ministry, Bishop Dark. Many senior men of God are insecure. And sometimes rightly so, because whenever associates are given opportunity, you know, often they rebel against their senior pastors, their founders, and all that. So it makes many senior pastors sometimes um, a little reluctant to release their sons. But here we are, um, Bishop Doug, releasing one of his sons to have a major conference where he is not, but his son is speaking and encouraging all of us. It goes to attest to the type of heart that he has as a father. And we appreciate the bishop greatly for that. We are also truly blessed this morning to have Bishop Hamish in our midst. One of the senior bishops of the Lighthouse Chapel International. Amen. Well, this morning, I want to press on, on my team, the Holy Spirit and effective shepherding. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, yesterday in the morning, I introduced us to the helper that we have all forgotten, most of us have forgotten about, the Holy Spirit. Amen. And that is why many of us pastors, shepherds, church workers, you know, evangelists, prophets, apostles are struggling in the ministry. Ministry without the input of the Holy Spirit. Like I said yesterday, is Cain type of ministry. 
It's a ministry of sweat. It's a ministry of using brute force. Hallelujah. But ministry with the help of the Holy Spirit, which is what Jesus intended to be, makes ministry wonderful. And have, have a deep burning, a deep burden in my heart. This message that I'm sharing with you, I'm not sharing it out of a sentimental feeling, but it is a burden in my heart that, you know, to, to, to help pastors to understand the role of the Holy Spirit in ministry. Hallelujah. Trust me, you will begin to enjoy ministry again if, if you become Holy Spirit conscious. And yesterday, I showed you through the scriptures that Jesus himself did not do ministry for 30 years until he received the Holy Spirit. And I told you that Jesus succeeded in ministry not because he was God. Because Jesus ministered as a man just like you and I. Oh yeah. Huh? In John 4, he passed through Samaria. He went to beg water. In Mark 4, when they were on the Sea of Galilee traveling, he was asleep at the back snoring. God doesn't snore. He never slept nor slumbered. That was man. So that's why the scripture says, let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, taught it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took on the form of a servant and being found in the form of a man in the form of a man he humbled himself do you understand it so Jesus is God but he came to minister as a man he came to minister as a man and as a man he needed the help of the Holy Spirit so for 30 years he walked on earth growing, maturing, and practicing his profession as a carpenter. In Mark 6, when he started to do some wonderful things, they said, is this not a carpenter? They knew him as a carpenter. But you see, when the Holy Spirit comes upon a carpenter, the carpenter changes. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you also change. When the Spirit came upon him in Luke 3, he was led, Luke 4, 1, of the Spirit into the wilderness where he fasted and prayed.
Many pastors don't pray. Perhaps if I get a little window, I'll talk to you about shepherding and praying and prayer. Amen. Most pastors don't pray or pray very little. Yeah. But once again, Jesus was a man of prayer. Mark 135, he prayed. Luke 12, 6, he prayed all night before he selected his disciples. In fact, he was known to pray. Luke 22, 39. He was wont to go to the garden to go and pray. Jesus was praying all the time. I want you to understand this clearly because you have been comforting yourself that the reason why the people follow Jesus, the reason why you could do the miracles was because he was God. He was God, but he ministered as a man. How many of you can understand it? After ministering for three and a half years and was about to go, he now gathers his disciples and says, I hand over the work to you. Go and preach and make disciples of all nations. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Mark 16, 15. Luke 24, 45. John 20, 21, Acts 1, 8. In all these places, he tells them, go and preach. Go and continue the work. But he told them, you cannot do it on your own. You have to wait. When I go, John 14, 26, I will pray to the Father and he will send you another comforter, another helper. Somebody just like me who will come and be with you forever and help you to do the work. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came on earth. And since he came, he has not left. Amen. Amen. Eh? When is the Holy Ghost going to leave? The Holy Ghost leaves earth after Revelation 4. When the church has been raptured, and therefore there is no need for itself or the church anymore. But until then, the Holy Spirit is here as our helper. He's here as our assistant, as our aide. He's your helper, Pastor. He's your counselor. He's the one that gives you power, that gives you wisdom, that guides you, that teaches you about the work. But unfortunately, eh, we are always crying to Jesus and we have abandoned the Holy Spirit. Not that we shouldn't pray to Jesus. Jesus said in John 14, 4, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. So we pray in the name of Jesus. We pray to the Father. But the point is, we have neglected the helper. The helper is there. But he, we don't talk to him. We don't relate to him. 
How many of you can understand that? And that is why the ministry has become difficult. But thank God that after this conference, things are going to become different. Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen? Hallelujah. Welcome, Bishop Sawyer. We have forgotten about the Holy Spirit. And we are trying to do ministry. We, the pastors, we are trying to do ministry. We are trying to build a church. We are trying to grow the church. The growth of the church is done by the Holy Spirit. Before the Holy Spirit came, the church grew from 11 people. Matthias was added 12, and it grew to 120 in the upper room, and they were there. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit hit Jerusalem, it was the feast of Pentecost. People had come and were all over Jerusalem. And when the Holy Spirit came, the Bible said that, and when this was noised abroad, his presence gathered people from everywhere to where the disciples were. And they preached to them, and 3,000 people entered the church. That was orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. As for four, another 5,000 were added. By the time we get to Acts chapter 5, the Bible now talks about multitudes. And in Acts 6, 1, the Bible says that, and when the number of the disciples multiplied, now we have gone into multiplication. Acts 11, eh, the grace of God fell. And multitudes of men and women filled the church. Who was behind it? Not, not the, the disciples, the Holy Spirit. So as you are trying to force to grow the church on your own, waking up at dawn to go and gather people, and you have not prayed. We do a lot of cells in our church, and we bust the people. So my shepherds, my workers, they wake up at dawn, they move the buses, and then they gather the people. And many of them, they go and they cannot gather anywhere. Because it's not by bus. It's not by you waking up to go. That gathering, you see, the desire for somebody to come to church on Sunday is a response to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Because on Saturday, Satan has given options or programs to go to the stadium, go to the Omutuo bar, go and jog. So many different things. All these factors are competing in the heart of your church member. But the Holy Spirit is the one that cries in the heart of that person and say, the presence of the Lord is the place where you have to be. 
Healing is by the Holy Spirit. Healing is by the Holy Spirit. Several years ago, Bishop Doug, we have an annual Good Friday service. Now we have overgrown it, so I'm sure many of you know that we gathered the Independence Square. But it was at the Kodesh. He preached a powerful sermon. Can I just talk to you? He preached a powerful sermon. And then he said, we are going to receive communion. And after that, I'm going to pray for the sick. So we receive communion. Then he said, if you are here and you are sick, place your hand where the sickness is. And he said, Father, thank you for so many miracles in the lives of your people. Amen. Now, if you are here, you are healed, check yourself and come. I was shocked. I was shocked about the testimonies. But in my, in my awe, the Holy Spirit told me, he said, this is what is called the healing anointing. And the Holy Spirit said, either it is there or it is not there. The finances of the church is made possible by the Holy Spirit. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18. For it is the Lord that giveth the power to make wealth. Supernatural prosperity is an orchestration of the Holy Spirit. Everything is with the help. That is why Jesus said, Don't look, I showed you yesterday. When he was talking, the people were going, said, why are you going so? We are going to work. He said, wait, tarry. Tarry. Tarry until you be endued with power from on high. The struggle in the church today is that we, the pastors, we say we are doing ministry. We are doing ministry. There is no pastor who can build a church of God. Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, I will build my church. I will build a church. The church is the church of Jesus Christ and he is the one who builds it. We are servants. Helping. And when you are a servant, what you do is that you report to the master and the master assigns to you your work on daily basis. That is why we need to go to the Lord all the time to pray and then by the direction and the instruction of the Holy Spirit, we will know what to do. Can I have an amen? Yeah. So pastors, let's go out of this conference. If we want to do effective shepherding to begin to flow of this Holy Spirit. Then in the evening, I explained that you cannot receive the help of somebody you don't know or somebody who doesn't know you. Occasionally, yes, but most of the time, especially help of a certain level, you can't get it. Is that uh, Prophet Frank? Frank? Francis? Eh? Look, until he was introduced here, I'm sure now if I ask him to help you, he will help you. You know, because the, the anointing 
commands things. But before that time, if I met him, he said, look, who are you? Who are you? I said, prophet, can you give me 10,000 Ghana cities? My car is bought to buy a new engine. Who are you? Okay, because I'm a Christian, let me help you. 50 Ghana cities, but not 10,000 Ghana cities. So help of a certain level, you can only get it from somebody that you know or somebody who knows you. The reason why we are not getting the help of the Holy Spirit is because we don't know him. We don't know him. So the starting point to receiving the help of the Holy Spirit is knowledge of him. And yesterday in the evening, we spoke about the fact that the Holy Spirit it's not some air blowing somewhere, a force, a wind, an unseen illumination, you know. But the Holy Spirit is a divine person. A divine person. If I can get you to understand only this one, I can say now. That as a Christian, alright, and Jesus said in John 14, 16 to 17, he said, this Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will be with you, and he will be in you. So the Holy Spirit is with us, he's in us, and when it comes to the time of using us, he now comes upon us. The Spirit in us is what transforms us into the image of Christ. The Spirit with us is the one who accompanies us and helps us. The spirit upon us is the anointing that gives us power to say. Amen. Amen. He's a divine person. He doesn't have a body. But I explained to you yesterday that what makes you a person, what gives you your personality, it's not your body. That's right. That's it. It's your mind, your emotions, your intellect. That's what makes you a distinct personality from somebody else. Hallelujah. So why is the Holy Spirit a person? We spoke about that yesterday. He knows things. He knows things. He has a will. He has a mind. He loves. He has emotions. He can be grieved. He can even be quenched. We spoke about all that. Now this morning, let me start with another major reason why the Holy Spirit is a person. Another major reason why the Holy Spirit is a person, listen to this, is that the Holy Spirit does things which only persons do. Hallelujah. Now, the ascendant is that only persons or humans do. For example, speaking. 
Show me one animal that speaks. I'm not talking about parroting. I'm not talking about parroting, but intelligent discussions. I speak, you speak. Do you understand? We, we talk, we discuss issues. No. There are some animals who can make a few sounds here and there, you know, and all that. But I'm talking about the intelligence communication. It's only the preserve of the highest of God's creation, which is man. And the Holy Spirit speaks. The Holy Spirit speaks. That is what makes him a person. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 7. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit say. Now, that is why, that is why being conscious of the Holy Spirit is important. Because, Pastor, he wants to speak to you. Listen, some of us, we are here and we have some difficulties in the ministry that we have been battling with. But I can assure you that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you. The only thing is that you don't know his voice. God spoke to the child Samuel three times. And each time he ran Eli, on the third time, this prophet realized that God was speaking. And he said, listen, that is not the voice of, of a man. God is speaking to you. Wow. Pastor, listen to me. Please listen to me. Papa Hagen, how many of you heard of Papa Hagen? Papa Hagen said, and he said, there are some people, when they speak, when they speak, you have to consider what they say very, very importantly. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, if Bishop, if Bishop Dad stands and he's speaking to you about church planting, church growth, how to protect your church, loyalty, listen to every single word and listen very carefully because they speak experientially. If Dr. Joe stands, the pastor that God has used to build the largest single church in the world, more than 800,000 people. When he's talking to you about church growth, you have to listen. Every two years, we travel to Korea to go and listen to him speak. He speaks for just about one hour. He doesn't even open the Bible. He just gets to the pulpit, he begins to speak. For about one hour, it's finished. On the Friday... He gathers 150,000 of his church workers, not church members, his cell leaders in the stadium for prayer early in the morning. 150,000. Now, pastors, listen to this, because this will bless you. Papa Hagan says that what makes the difference between pastors Successful pastors and unsuccessful pastors is their ability to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. The voice of the Holy Spirit is what makes you significant. 
is what makes you great. And the Holy Spirit speaks. He's with you. And he wants to speak to you about the work that you are doing. The shepherding work. The ministry work. He wants to speak to you. Any area. All throughout the Bible, you can divide, you can, you can divide the Bible into two groups of people, essentially. People that God spoke to and people that God did not speak to. <laughs> Listen, Methuselah, he lived 969 years. The summary of his life is that and all the days of Methuselah were 969 years. He lived and he had children and he died. Enos said Mahalalim, Javed, Jaron. These are all people in the Bible. They lived for so long. Lamech. All these people. Do you know them? Do you know them? But let me give you another set of names. Adam. Noah. Abraham. Isaac. Jacob. Moses. Why were, why were this group of people different? Because God spoke to them. God spoke to Adam. God spoke to Noah. Look, Abraham, he had a brother called Nahor. Nahor, he's there. Genesis chapter 11. They all married. They all married. Do you know Nahor? Because God didn't speak to him. May the Holy Spirit speak to you. Seek for the voice of the Spirit. Seek for the voice of the Spirit. Evangelist Philip was having a wonderful evangelistic campaign. In Samaria. People were being saved. Miracles, healing. And right there, the Bible said that the Spirit of the Lord took him into the wilderness. Took him into the wilderness. And in Acts 8, 39, look at it. Twenty-nine. Listen, he took Philip from the evangelistic campaign into the wilderness. Can you imagine that? He was just walking. He said, like, why am I here? Why am I here? Then he saw a man on a chariot. And the Bible says in Acts 8.29, then the spirit said unto Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. That brought salvation to the eunuch who sent Christianity to Ethiopia. But watch. The Bible said that, and the Spirit said. The Spirit said. 
The spirit said, Pastor, the spirit wants to speak to you. How you can build the finances of your church. Oh yeah, he's interested. Look, God is more concerned, pastors, hear this, you should be comforted by this. God is more concerned about your church than you. Because it is not your church, it is his church. And every good father wants his child to do well. There is no good father, a sincere father, who, who wants his child to struggle. No. My son just finished medical school. He finished at 22 years as a doctor. He's practicing now. And always I'm laughing at him. I said, oh, you're a poor doctor. No pay, no allowance, nothing. You know, when he came to the house, my car was there. He jumped into it. He's driving it. And I look at him and say, look, if I, was not, if I were not here, he doesn't have, they have not given me a flat. Nothing. But my presence in his life, my presence in his life makes a big difference. The presence of the Holy Spirit in your ministry must make a difference. Oh, your days of struggling are coming to an end in the name of Jesus. Your days of confusion, your days of discouragement are coming to an end. Oh yeah. You must have a great quest to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Pastors, listen to me. One word of the, from the Holy Spirit will change everything. Oh, yes. One way. One way. One of my greatest frustrations is when I go and wait on the Lord. Sometimes I can be there seven days. Three days. Four days. One of my frustrations is I've been there for days but I've not heard him speak. I've not heard him speak. I've read the Bible, listened to messages, but I've not heard him speak. And I yearn for him to speak. And sometimes, before I get to the place, he speaks. Sometimes, I don't hear him speaking. Two or three days later, after I've finished, he speaks. Sometimes, just at the tail end, he just says one thing, and that's all that I want. That's all that I want. In 2008, the bishop transferred me from our church in Sakumono, where I've been for seven years. That's where Prophet Kakra is now, to Kolegono. And I saw before my eyes that the church was just finishing in 2008. 
the church dropped from like 250 people to about 140, 150. Before my eyes. I was shocked. I was confused. I didn't know what to do. No matter what we tried, we're going down. So I started praying, Lord, show me what to do. Show me what to do. And one time I was sitting in my study and the Lord said, sales, go back to sales. Go back to sales. Go back to sales. I picked my phone and I called one of my senior associates. I said, we are going back to sales. That is what has changed the church. Today, when we gather, there are thousands of people, but it came from go back, go back. That voice. What you need is that voice, that voice, that voice, that voice, that voice. And that voice, you can hear because he's with you and he speaks. The apostles, prophets, teachers in the Antioch church were ministering to the Lord. Waiting upon the Lord. In Acts chapter 13 and verse 2, the Bible said, and as they prayed and they ministered, the Holy Spirit said, separate unto me Barnabas and Paul for the work whereunto I have called them. He said, he said, he said, clear. And they called them, lay hands on them, and send them forth. That is how come we have churches in Ephesians, uh, Ephesus, uh, Thessalonica, uh, Galatia, all those places. All those places. All those places. That voice. Hallelujah. Number two. Like a person, the Holy Spirit guides. 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 He guides. A pastor in the ministry is somebody that the Holy Spirit has taken by hand. what must happen in your ministry. The Holy Spirit has taken your hand and is guiding you. Now sometimes when you're going, no, no, it's not here. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make sense, but yeah. he guides. He guides. You know, a lot of the mistakes and the unproductivity and unfruitfulness is because many of the things that we are doing is without guidance of the Holy Spirit. One of the greatest prayer of a pastor must be, thy will be done. Look, the beginning of every year, I hide for days. And one of the prayers that I pray is, let your will be done. Once I finish, I'm okay. No matter what is happening, 
I have assurance in my heart that the ministry and my life is in the hands of the Lord. He wants to teach you. He wants to guide you. He wants to show you what you must do. Psalm 32 and verse 8, he said, and I will teach thee and instruct thee in the way that thou should go and I will guide thee with my eyes. I will guide thee. He said, I will teach you and I will instruct you. So I will teach you, do this, do this, do this and, and I will instruct you. Put this one here. Start this, start the choir. Change the name of the choir. Start another branch. Hold this program. Travel here. Don't travel here. And then as we are doing it, he said, because you are human, human, my eyes will be with you and I'll guide you. I'll, I'll be guiding you. I'll be guiding you. I'll be guiding you. In Acts chapter 16, he guided Paul and his co-workers from Phrygia, Bithynia, Mysia to Macedonia. In Acts chapter 10, he guided Peter. Listen to this. He guided Peter to minister to the Gentiles against his beliefs, his philosophy, his tradition, and all that. Peter was a Jew, and his understanding that was that the gospel was for the Jews. But the Holy Spirit guided him into the house of Colinius. And that opened the door for his ministry to expand to the Gentiles. The guidance of the Holy Spirit will lead to the expansion of your ministry. Yeah. You see, sometimes it's like, what have you been called to do? What have you been called to do? Are you a pastor? Are you an evangelist? Are you a teacher? Who are you? And it's like, oh, we are doing church. Fine. But what exactly? Bishop Dark says several years ago, he sat in his, in his uh, study and he prayed and said, Lord, guide me. How can I bear much fruit? So he prayed that prayer. Guide me. Because you see, we must be fruitful, pastors. We must bear a lot of fruit before our few days on earth expire. And he said, the Lord showed him a vision. And in the vision, he saw a hand before him with a book. And the Lord said, the books. The books. Wow. God's guidance for him. The books. Today, I cannot even count the number of languages you can find, you can find Bishop Dad's books in. Many of them. I've had the privilege of following him to several countries. One time we went to Ukraine. An Ukrainian pastor came to him and said, please forgive me. I want to apologize. He's apologized for it. He said, your book, Art of Leadership, I didn't ask permission from you. I've translated it and I've printed it. Will you sit in our churches all over? It's all, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. Give the Lord a wonderful clap of him. 
Hallelujah. Are you here or you've gone home? Hmm? Are you understanding why the Holy Spirit is a person in your life? Wow. He's a teacher. The Holy Spirit is a person because he is a teacher. Show me the last time you saw a group of dogs, a group of cattle, a group of goats, a group of monkeys who had gathered in a classroom or in the house and one of them had a pen or a chalk to say, I want to explain this to you. Our closest brothers, monkeys, they cannot teach themselves. They cannot teach themselves. The ability to teach is reserved for the highest creature of God, humans. We teach. And knowledge has become more. And Jesus said, John 14, 26, when the comforter comes, he will teach you all things. He will teach you. He will teach you. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. Pastor, he's your teacher. If you are conscious of him, if you rely on him, if you ask him questions, if you pray for guidance, what to do, he will teach you. He will teach you. In 2011, I did a, a research work. It's the first such work among the class parties. You, you, you read it, huh? Yeah. When you Google my name on the internet, you will see. I spoke about, you know, those of you who want to know a lot about Lighthouse, how we do the church planting, missions, and all that. That is a work that I did. And I looked at some of the 14 biggest charismatic churches in Ghana. You know, so they are all the central action. Um, all of them are there. And then when you are doing a research, you have supervisors. So I was working, you know, with uh, two supervisors of two different universities. And I had almost finished. Almost getting to the tail end. When my chief supervisor brought me one of the chapters and said, in this chapter, I want you to demonstrate this thing. And I, I, I can't tie fast. So I, have, I had my research assistant. He ties very fast. So I'll just dictate to him. So that I could dictate for 10 hours, 6 hours. Then he'll just be typing. So I looked at him and said, Michael, what is the man talking about? I don't understand what he's talking about. I don't understand it. What he's asking me, I cannot understand it. Look, we struggle with it. What is it that he's asking me to do? That is how the ministry is. You come to a point, you say, what must I do? So what at all? So what else do I teach? Because what I teach, the people don't respond to it. So what should I do? How many pastors can, can relate with that? Can I see your hand? You can relate with that. Oh yeah. And sometimes you feel like going crazy. (laughs) 
I will never forget this for as long as I live. Yeah. Eh? Reverend Kingsley. Then suddenly I said, Michael, but the helper is here. So we held hands. I said, Holy Spirit, what is the man asking me to do? Please illuminate my mind. Teach me. Show me. Amen. Brothers and sisters, God is my witness. When I said amen, the next word that came out of my mic, ah, but this is what the man is saying. It's almost as if some power from somewhere just spoke out of my mouth. What the man wanted was just there in the scriptures. And for the next several hours, I just started speaking. When I send it to him, he said, yes, that's it. You got it. Wow. The Holy May the Holy Spirit teach you. May he illuminate your mind in anything that you are doing. Every confusion, every junction, may every door of a junction be open to you from today in the name of the Lord Jesus. You will never be confused again. I said you will never be confused again. He's a teacher. Amen. He's a teacher. Yes. He's a teacher. Next one. As a person, he ordains people for his work. He ordains people for his work. He gathers people for his work. He appoints people for his work. Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. Take heed unto thyself and unto the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the flock of God which he has purchased. His own blood. Over the which the Holy Ghost, watch it. Over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. Pastors, you know, some of you have suffered some terrible things in your church because of people that you appointed. Because of people that you appointed. You appointed based on longevity presumable love for you. You know what I mean? Oh, this person has been here for a long time. Why not? Why not? If I need an assistant. When we send our missionaries, we tell them, when you start your church, don't appoint anybody as your assistant. Don't. Don't. Allow people to just flow. Let them work. Time will give you the assistant. But see, we are very quick. And sometimes because we become too big early in the ministry. You have 25 members. And then you have 10 assistants. You are the overseer. And you have appointed somebody, the resident pastor of the 25 member church. Why? 
Why? Why? Hmm? But the Holy Spirit must depend on him. When Jesus wanted to appoint, Jesus didn't have 12 disciples. Who? He didn't have 12 disciples. He had multitudes of disciples. Followers, plenty. But he chose out of them 12. How many of you understand? Eh? Chose. Mark chapter 3, from verse 13. The Bible said, and he went unto a mountain and called unto him those whom he would. And of them he chose twelve that they might be with him and that he might send them forth. So he chose those whom he would. And before he chose, he went to pray all night. All night. Pray for what? Pray for what? He was praying for God's will. And God's will, I told you yesterday, will be manifested to you through the Holy Spirit. This one is my financial assistant. This one is my listen. Even the younger pastors, we are not mindful who we marry. Marriage. Listen, pastors. Marriage. The contribution of marriage to your ministry is nothing less than 70%. You marry the wrong one, your ministry is doomed. We have seen it over the years in our own ministry that what causes our missionaries not to do well most of the time is their marriage. And even though we are pastors, when we are going to marry, we don't allow the Holy Spirit to appoint for us. We appoint for ourselves based on what we see. The size of the breasts, the size of the bumps, the size of the ties. Look, the ties may be nice, but you may never have access to them. Many pastors' wives are wicked wives. Oh, yeah. A pastor wanted to have sex with the wife. He wanted to have sex with the wife. He had strong erections. Ripping, ripping erections. You see, the, the, where the, you know, the thing is very hot now. So the wife was in bed. Just before action was starting, the wife pulled a checkbook like this. And she said, sign. Sign before, sign, sign. 
Sai! Many of us pastors here, we are suffering in the marriages. May God give you grace and wisdom to survive in that marriage. So she, she said the husband, look, meanwhile, the man is ready. I told you it's a raping erection. True story. Erection at point of no return. But how did you choose? How did you choose? Some of you, some of your associates have broken your heart. They broke the church and took two tenths of the members away. I'm sure we'll be talking about some of those things. So guidance in the ministry is very important and that is why the Holy Spirit is in your life. Wow. Huh? The Holy Spirit is a person because he commands people. He commands people. He commands people. Yeah. He commands people. He commands his workers. Look at Acts chapter 16 from verse 6. Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden they were forbidden. What I mean for me? He said, no. No. Forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. You want to preach the word in Asia? Like, no. I command you, you cannot. You cannot. You are not allowed. You are not allowed. If you are conscious of the Holy Spirit, there are decisions in your life that the Holy Spirit will tell you, No. Like I said, you have found this young lady in the church you want to buy. The Holy Spirit said, no, 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 not this one, not this one. So which one? This one. He said, ah, but this one, she's a little too slim. She's so educated, but he said, the Holy Spirit said, I know, I know the plans that I have for you. They are the plans of good and not of evil to give you the end that you expect. Continue. Continue. Verse 7. After they were come to Bessia, they assayed, give me this whole verse in the NIV. NIV. From verse 6. Quickly please, whoever is, you know. Go, go back. Go back to verse 6. Go back to verse 6. Paul and his companions 
Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Messiah, they tried to enter. They tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus will not allow them to. That, that's a commander. That's a commander. That's a commander. When was the last time you saw two goats? Two goats. And one was saying to the other one, I won't allow you to go here. No. He's a person. Thank God for this person in our lives. I say thank God for this person in our lives. Hallelujah. Eh? So, they passed by Messiah and went down to trials. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had caused us to preach the gospel to them. Bethania, no. Phrygia, no. Messiah, no. Trias, no. Where? Barcelona. When we learn to be commanded around by the Holy Spirit, we can only succeed. We can only succeed. I told you that the Holy Spirit is a shepherd. Eh? He is the chief shepherd of the shepherd. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus. David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. So the Holy Spirit, if we yield to him, he will lead that to, he will lead that to the still waters of ministry. Many of us, our ministries are too tumblant. The waters are too tumblant all the time. Shake. Hey. How many of you are falling in love with the Holy Spirit? That's why yesterday I told you that the Holy Spirit is a forgotten helper. The forgotten helper. Yeah. But thank God that those days are over in your life and in your ministry. Amen. Can I have an amen? amen. Huh? Give the Lord a wonderful clap of him. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is a person because he can be lied to. He can be lied to. People can lie. I don't know. When was the last time you saw, you know, a pig standing somewhere, you know, among some other pigs, and is very angry that that pointing that this pig has really lied to me. Or, or a horse. 
that look, you said that you bring me here, but you have lied to me. No. But the Holy Spirit can be lied to. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 5. We are reading from verse 3. Are you there? We all remember the story of Ananias and uh, Sapphira. All right? But Peter said, Ananias, why had Satan filled thy heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? To lie to the Holy Ghost. And to keep part of the price of the land. That is what makes him a person. Because he can be lied to. And many of us, we have lied to the Holy Spirit. Some of you pastors, the reason why your ministry is not working is the foundation of the ministry. You broke the heart of your pastor. And you rebelled and took that church away. He sent you to go and you know, about three years ago, I went to minister in one of the big cities in Kumasi. And uh, there's a great man of God there. So I decided to pay him a courtesy call. So I went off. Uh, our bishop, the word, invited me and then some other bishops, you know. So we got into talking. He was very angry. He said, listen, can we imagine that there's a young boy, a young man that I've sent, established him, bought equipment, rented a hall, set him up, done everything. And now, he comes to me to say that eh, God has been speaking to him. To take that church. And he said something. He said, if he likes, let him try. Oh, let's welcome Shabari. Oh, let's welcome Shabari properly. Look, please wait. Let me let me ask permission whether I'm allowed to say anything else before. Bishop, do you have any permission? I have permission. Okay. My father is in the house. I said my father is in the house. Give the Lord a shout. Amen. And this senior pastor says, said, if he likes, he should try. You can't come and just tell me that God says I should take over the branch. We have been lying to the Holy Ghost. Oh. We have been lying to the Holy Ghost. A lot of the things that we say, a lot of the reasons that some of us we have given to do the ministry that we are doing, we have been lying to the Holy Spirit. 
Please consider it. Meditate on it. That is why maybe the ministry is not working. He can be lied to. And finally, he can be insulted. He can be insulted. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 29. I've never seen two horses that one is complaining that the other one has insulted him. The Holy Spirit is a person. And he can be insulted. Amen. Can you give me NIV? Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 29. NIV. Hallelujah. How much more severely do you think a man deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified him, and who has insulted the Spirit of grace? So you can be insulted. How many of you have been insulted before? Yes. He can also be insulted. He can be blasphemed against Matthew 12. So, in conclusion, passes. Let us know that Jesus said, as I go, continue the work that I've given to you. But you cannot do it on your own. You need a helper. And I'll ask the Father to send you this helper. When this helper comes, he will teach you how to do the work. He will guide you how you can do it. He will give you power to do it. He will counsel you. He will advise you. What, one of the, the aspects of the Holy Spirit is advice. 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 Cancel. Many of us have made terrible mistakes because of poor counseling. But the Holy Spirit is called the spirit of cancer. And so as you leave the conference this week, may you have this consciousness that this important person in your life, may the Holy Spirit help you and guide you. May he counsel you. May he lead you and teach you. I see your ministry becoming sweeter. I see your struggling, your struggles, your struggles in the ministry coming to an end. I see the confusion being taken away. And light is coming. Stand to your feet and lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Welcome him into your life. 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 Lift up your hands and welcome him. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice, welcome him, we welcome you Holy Spirit.
We welcome your Holy Spirit. We welcome your Holy Spirit. We welcome you into our lives. We welcome you into our ministries. We welcome you, Lord. Come on, we lift up your hands your and welcome Spirit. him into your life. I welcome you, Holy Spirit. I welcome we welcome you, Holy Spirit. Have your way in my ministry. Guide me. Guide us, Lord. Teach me. Teach us, Lord. Counsel me. Counsel us, Lord. Help me. Help us, Lord. Comfort me. Oh yes, Lord. Lead me. Yes, Lord. Command me. Oh yes, Lord. Help me. Help me, Lord. Help me. Help me, Lord. Help me. Help me, Holy Ghost. Help me. Help me, Holy Ghost. I yield to you. I yield to you, Holy Ghost. I yield to you, Holy Ghost. somebody who can help you who doesn't help you what's the use of that person what's the use of a car that you should, should drive you from here to here that cannot move so all the things that I've said are good but how can we benefit from the Holy Spirit so Paul said in 2 Corinthians 13 14 the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit. We deal with Christ through grace. The Bible says that through Christ, grace and truth came. God deals with us through love. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we have communion. Now, that word communion is translated from the Greek koinonia. And it means to have fellowship. If the Holy Spirit speaks, you can speak to him. You can speak to him. So you benefit from the Holy Spirit by sharing fellowship, speaking, sharing ideas, communicating. It also means presence. Koinonia means intimacy. To be intimate with the Holy Spirit. That is why we must spend time in his presence to worship him. When you love somebody, you give them raps. When we go before the Lord and we are worshiping him, we are giving him raps. We are becoming intimate. 
That is how we benefit from him. Ask him questions. Tell him, what should I do, Holy Spirit? Where should I go? Somebody has invited me. Should I accept it? Somebody wants me to travel to this place. Should I go? Should I go? Last year, I was in the presence of the Lord. Then, I had a dream. In the dream, I saw something terrible. I saw something terrible about somebody. One of our, our senior pastors. Purely there. You know what? When I got up, I called him and told him about it. He said, do you really mean that this is what you saw? He said, just tomorrow, I'm about to travel to this place for a program. But for some reason, these few days, I've not been feeling happy in my spirit. So as we are speaking, because when I called him, he didn't pick. So I called the wife. He said, as you are speaking to me, I am praying and asking the Lord, should I go or should I not go? But the Holy Spirit, who knows all things, who searches all things, brought the revelation. Intimacy. Have fellowship with him. Talk to him. Share with him your heart. Ask him questions. Seek his guidance. And he will bless you. He will remove the darkness. He will remove the confusion. And he will bless your life. May you be blessed by the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And may you become an effective shepherd. Clap your hands for the Lord. Give the Lord a shout. And welcome the bishop. <laughs>